Hello and good morning. For another journey today as we go into the study of the Word of God. Hi, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard and this is Journeys in Grace. And today we're going to take a study on, Is Hell for Real? I know this is a grace broadcast and many would say, why would the grace minister or grace pastor preach about uh, hell? Because hell is for real. It is for real. And I believe that all of us, uh, believer and non-believer, should know what lies in the future for those who do not receive Christ. We serve a loving God. It, hopefully I've established that to you, that God did everything that needed to be done for us to go to heaven. He even, uh, uh, as the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, uh, 29th chapter, around the 11th verse, which is a famous scripture for most believers, where Jeremiah wrote, uh, in a time of trouble and turmoil for Israel, the Lord began to say, uh, in, in the 11th verse, he says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And I'm paraphrasing that verse. But God is saying that my thoughts for you, from the very foundation, before you go into any trial or tribulation, from the very foundation of the world, God has had good thoughts toward us. Jesus himself said that we didn't choose him. We did not choose Christ. You know, many times in the old gospel song, they say, I found the Lord. God has never been lost. It is us who were lost. And hopefully today you've received Christ. But God is not lost. He's there. He's, he's, he's beckoning all of us to come unto him and to serve him. So today we're going to read and just study uh, briefly. This is, won't be uh, an exhaustive study of hell or of heaven, which we'll uh, take on in another lesson. But it's going to be just a brief study about hell because there are teachings out there that hell is not for real, that, you know, it's something that was made up by evangelicals to put fear on the world or fear on others. But hell is for real. It's in the Old and New Testament. And we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to start out, um, as Jesus talked about it, in Matthew 25th chapter, in the 32nd verse. All right, let's turn there. Matthew 25. <clears throat> And this is where we're going to begin. Matthew 25, and we'll start reading around the 32nd verse. And it says, And before him shall he gather all nations. This is talking about Christ. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And here, as we just read the scripture, as I read the scripture, um, Jesus is giving examples of the believer and the non-believer. And throughout the scripture, sheep have represented the children of God or those who submitted their lives to him. And if you read the 23rd Psalm, it talks about David begins to speak on how the Lord is his shepherd, meaning God is shepherding us, shepherding those who trust him, believe in him, that he would lead us in the right path. And whenever we, uh, if we would uh, uh, stray or err or whatever the case may be, the Lord will shepherd us. In other words, he will correct us and get us into a course and the right course and the right path that, will, that uh, has always led to him. For the believer, the scripture says that uh, he who has begun a good work in us shall, shall finish it unto the day of Jesus Christ. It actually said, he who has begun a good work in me. So there is a work going on in all of us. And that's that work that's on our 
spiritual mind, our um, mind, our will, our emotion, our heart. God is working on us. And as I've always said, and had to, we are more than just one person, or one part rather. <laughs> We're one person. But a person that has three parts. We have a spirit man, that which is eternal. Your spirit man is eternal. And if you're a believer, you have a new spirit in you. There's a new spirit in you that is perfect and entire. And God has sealed it until the day of redemption. But there also is a mind, a will, an emotion. We call that our heart. That's where we have, that's what has to be renewed. That's what God is working on. To get your mind and uh, our will aligned with our spirit. And when our mind and will are aligned with the spirit of God, then we then can uh, dominate the flesh. Because the flesh will do whatever the dominant force in our lives commands it to do. If we are commanded by the enemy and we allow him to direct us, then we go the, work, go the way of the flesh, which will lead to destruction. But when we submit ourselves to uh, hear the voice of the Lord in the scriptures, to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, then we will walk in the spirit and be obedient to those things. And walk into in the prosperity, the true prosperity, which is more than money and more than meat and more than raiment. But the scripture says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's those things that we submit to is what's going to rule us. If we serve the flesh, if we serve our uh, this temporary world, we're going to get those temporary uh, uh, rewards. But if we serve Christ, will get the eternal rewards, not only in this life, but in the life to come. So here in Matthew uh, 34, he talks about, he said, the king shall make a separation. And this is at the day of, of, uh, of judgment where the sheep are going to be on the right hand, the ghosts will be on the left. And the 31st verse says, uh, he said that uh, when he talks to the sheep, he says, back in 34, he said, the king said unto them on his right hand, come ye, blessed of my father, and heard the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And the 35th verse says, For I was a hungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. But we have to know that hell was not created for the believer. It was not created, matter of fact, for any man. It was created for Satan and his angels. Now we just skip on down to the 41st verse of the same chapter, Matthew 25. It says, Then shall he say to them on the left hand, now he's talking to those uh, who didn't receive him as Savior. He says, depart from me, ye cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. We're going to a place that we weren't even invited to. We're going as uninvited guests. We meaning anybody that goes to hell, they're going uninvited. For Jesus said that when he began to speak to his disciples and they went out and did great things, things for him uh, and they were rejoicing in the book of listen Luke 10 and uh, Luke 10th chapter Jesus anointed them and sent them out two by two out and they began to preach and they saw great marvelous things happen and let's turn over to that this is Luke the 10th chapter and the 20th Luke 10 chapter and right around the 20th verse and they were just reporting back to Jesus about all the marvelous things that uh, had happened in their life they saw the devils that were subject to them they saw people healed and delivered. And when they got back, 
they've just been beginning to tell them about all the mighty things that happened. Let's go down to the 17th verse. He said, And the seventy returned again with joy. Luke 17, Luke 10, 17. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. And he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, I beheld Satan as a lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. Jesus said, don't rejoice over the power I gave you in the 19th verse, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice. Why? Because your names are written in heaven. It's whether your name is written in the book of life, it's whether you will get to enjoy heaven or you will be going to a place again that you were not, that a, that a man was not invited to. God reserved that. He RSVP'd that. When Satan rebelled against him, he got an RSVP for, for hell and then into the lake of fire. But it was never intended for, the, for, for man, but man is going uninvited. So he says in that latter part of that 20th verse, uh, as he speaks to them, he said, it was reserved for Satan and his angels. All right. Um, I'm sorry. He said, uh, the 20th, we're going to get to that. He said that uh, the 20th verse said, because he said, told them to rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And so I want to correct. I want to get to this. Right? Because the reason I brought the 20th verse was that all of us, if you just do a word study on this, on, on Luke 10, 20, it says, notwithstanding, rejoice not that, you, that the spirits are subject to you, but because your names are written in heaven. And that we know, as you study the scriptures, it's written and it's a place where um, uh, heaven is a place for those who believe Christ and for those who receive Christ and believe him. And their names are written in heaven. They're written in heaven because I believe from the foundation of the world, God put our names there. But there are also verse of scripture which says that those who do not obey him, their names shall be what blotted out. So it didn't say, it, uh, if you do the study of this again and you study the scripture, you'll find there's nowhere where I've read, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody can send me an email at uh, PastorEricND at, at gmail.com uh, and see that where it says where man's name were recorded as they were saved. It doesn't say that, but it does speak on that men's name will be blotted out if, 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 if uh, you are not found with Christ as your Savior. Okay? So again, heaven is for real. Uh, hell is for real, and and heaven is for real, and so we're studying about heaven now, hell now rather, and this is a place again that's reserved for Satan and his angels. It's reserved for them, and because we are, it's, it's not reserved. My question would be, why would we ever want to go to a place uninvited? I never want to go to a place uninvited, you know, where where the, where the guest or the uh, the host has made provisions and they made uh, provisions for space. They made provision for um, uh, food and they made provision for entertainment. And then you come in on, and it is an awkward place they feeling to be to go to know everything's reserved. There's a certain amount of number of seats and here you come uninvited. That's not a good place to be. Some people like to barge in, but it's better to be invited 
Then you, you feel so much welcome when you are invited to come. Now, most hosts will invite you to come and sit at the table, but then they got to add extra for you. But I want to tell you, Jesus has already reserved something for you, for us. And he tells, talk, we'll talk about that in a later lesson, uh, about John, uh, in St. John 14, where he says, I go prepare a place for you. But this place, when we're talking about hell, it was reserved for Satan and not for us. So let's go on, go further on in the script, in studying it there, the studying of this. And some people will ask again about is was hell uh, is all mankind going to hell? And the answer to that is no. And we'll study that later on in the book of John 14, where Jesus says again that I reserved a place for you, but hell is reserved for Satan and his angels. Hell is reserved for Satan and his angels. And again, I want to go back uh, to Matthew 25 and 41, just to just to emphasize that I made a mistake on my, um, erred on my, on my words there. Uh, in Matthew 25, 41, it talks again, and we're going to go further. Matthew 25, verse 41 says, um, Then shall he say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Again, he's got an RSVP, according to Matthew 25, 41. I want to make sure I corrected that. Matthew 25, 41 is a reservation that Satan has, a date which will not be removed, and it will be there for him eternally. It's an eternal flame that will burn, and the Bible says, not only there, he said, but where the worm dies not. It's going to be a place of torment. Why would anybody want to go to hell? Why? Why would anybody want to go to a place of torment? And most sadly of all, why would you want to go where love is not? For hell is going to be a place, and what's going to make it so bad, not only is it going to be the fire and the torment, but the love of God will be absent. That's hell within itself. If there was no fire, if there was no worm, and you only felt the absence of love, meaning you have the absence of God, meaning Without God, there's no peace. There's no love. There's no joy. It's a living hell. You don't have to be physically tormented to be in hell. There are many people today who are, and so many of them believers, where they are allowing Satan to have them live in a literal hell rather than commanding, using their authority, and rejecting the curses and rejecting the things which Satan desires to put on our lives. And many of us, we are living in, a, in, 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 a, in hell today because we don't know who we are. We don't know that God is our God. That we walk, we should walk rather, as children in the authority, in the anointing, in the power, in the blessing which Jesus has already won for us. We don't have to win the fight. We don't have to uh, go out and fight the enemy. We only have to do what? Is stand. Stand on the promises of God. Hear what the Spirit leads us and guides us. Do those things what God has, has instructed us to do. But most importantly, we must have faith. We must have faith. All right? So let's continue on. Now we're going to talk about um, where in the Bible, in addition to what I've given you just far, is hell mentioned. And it's all it's written in the Old Testament and in the New. But there are some who say, well, you know, that's just the only place that, uh, you know, uh, there are some, there is a religion that says there is no hell. You know, that's, that's uh, hell is the grave. But I want to tell you, 
Uh, here's verse of scripture we're going to read in the book of Isaiah, chapter 66. And we're going to refer to this uh, at least once or twice. Because in Isaiah, not only Isaiah 66, not only talks about hell, but it also talks about heaven. So in the book of Isaiah, we're going to go there. Isaiah 66, which is the last book of Isaiah. And we're going to begin reading at the, um, let me go there. I believe it's the latter part of, latter part of the verse. Let's go there now. Isaiah 66. And we're going to begin reading around the 22nd verse. And, this, and it begins to read. Uh, let's go to 21st. And what God begins to speak about how that uh, he's going to make all of us, all of his ministers, all of his children, rather, priests and, and Levites, which are, are ministers. Also, I will also take of them from priests and for Levites, saith the Lord. 22nd verse. For as the new heaven and the new earth which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord. So shall your seed and your name remain. Verse 23, And it shall come to pass, from one moon, new moon to another, and one from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. So God is saying that in the heaven, that all flesh, it will be a great rejoicing time in heaven. And then he goes on to say in the 24th verse, this is Isaiah 66, 24, And they shall go forth, and look upon the carcasses of men that have transgressed before me. For their worms shall not die. Neither shall their fire be quenched. And they shall be an abhorring to all flesh. Now this again is where a, a distinct mentioning of hell. And the punishment for those who reject God. Let me read that 24th verse again. Isaiah 66, 24. And they shall go forth. And look upon the carcasses of men that have transgressed against me. For their, for their worms die not, neither do their flesh, neither shall their flesh be, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. Let's go now, the same book, Isaiah, but it's gonna read again. I read to you earlier about how that um, hell is a place reserved for Satan and his angel. So in Isaiah 14, 9, it talks about this. Let's go to Isaiah. Uh, same book, Isaiah, chapter 14. We're going to start reading about, um, for the sake of time, um, we're going to read at chapter 12. And it's talking about Lucifer, Lucifer is the uh, name that Satan had in heaven. And when he was cast out of heaven, we know him now as Satan. Jesus called him uh, Beelzebub, which means Beelzebub is Lord of the flies, meaning he is nothing. He is nothing compared to, he doesn't have the glory. There is no comparison between um, Satan and God. There is no, isn't that? They're not equal. They're not on the same plane. He's not even on the same place as we are. We have more power and authority than he does because Jesus stripped him and took everything that's, that, that uh, Adam gave up. Jesus took him, took it. So let's go to Isaiah um, verse 14, chapter 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did make, which did weaken the nations? Verse 13. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of heaven. I will be like the most high. This just goes on. Just talks about, and you just go back and read these and just meditate on these verses, how the Satan, he wanted the glory of God. He wanted to be like God. 
But again, he, God, and Satan are not on the same plane. Never have been, never will be. But he, uh, uh, this was Isaiah prophesying of the last and final time when men will see this angel which has been brought down. Jesus stripped him already, but he hadn't gotten his, his uh, RSVP. He hadn't gotten his uh, uh, place yet. Hell and the fire, lake of fire and brimstone is still waiting on him. And he knows his place is, 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 uh, is waiting on him today. And uh, after the, the uh, 14th verse, it says, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the size of the pit. Talking about Satan. 16. And they shall, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee. These are people who went to hell, who are, uh, and, and, and now they see Satan for who he is. And says, and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? And just think about it. All the people, all the great people, all the talented people, all the people who, who uh, rejected God, and they're going to look and consider. See, when you consider something, you meditate on it and say, many of them are saying, that, why did I submit my to this? This is the one that caused me to do the evil, the, to reject love? We, I rejected love for this? My Lord. All right. So now let's get, we're going to move on further. It says now, why? My the next question I, I think that people ask was, why do men go to hell? And men go to hell because of what? Of unbelief. They go to hell because of unbelief in Jesus as Lord and as Savior. Let's turn now to John uh, sixteen and nine. Saint John chapter sixteen and verse nine. This is why. And it, when it was talking about, I'm going to set this up as I as I turn. John 16 talks about when Jesus began to ask to talk to the people about what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He came because, and this is what he says. I had to start at verse um, 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. John 16, 7. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he comes, he will reprove. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Reproving means he comes to correct. Reprove the world of sin. One sin. And of righteousness. And of judgment. Of sin. Now what is the sin that the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this most important thing that I'm going to do. Because I'm going away. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit which is called the Comforter. And he's going to convict men of one sin. Of sin. Why? Because they believe. Not on me. The fact that men reject him is the reason why man will go to hell. Every soul that will be there. And that and not and don't think that I'm not talking about sin. All there are all there are multitudes of sin. Because when you accept Christ, all are washed away. You reject him, you and your sin must appear before God with a debt that you can't pay. None of us can pay for the sins of which we've done. None of us are worthy without Christ. But with him, my debts are paid. Without him, I have a debt insurmountable, which cannot be paid by any good deed or any good thing that I would do. 
But we, I can tell you one thing today. Jesus said, come unto me. So how did I, well then preacher, how can I get, how can I get out of hell? How can I avoid this torment that you talk about? How can I avoid these things? Let's go to the book of, uh, let's go, I was going to go to Revelation, but because of time's sake, let's go now to uh, the book of uh, St. Matthew eleven twenty eight to wind this up. St. Matthew 11, and it is so simple. I think I read to you last week when we were talking about uh, one of the questions that John the Baptist was in great uh, uh, questions about had he wasted his life when he, uh, after he anointed Jesus, he, John was sitting there being tormented in prison and he heard about the things that Jesus was doing, but doubt came to him. Unbelief came to him because he wondered, Have I, did I do what God wanted me to do? All of us, at one time or another, doubt and unbelief is going to attack you. I didn't say it was going to overcome you. I said it's going to attack you because that's Satan's job. But in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28, this is what Jesus said. All things, as usual, I'm starting 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither know any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomever the Son will reveal him. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 29 said, take my yoke upon you. Lean, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Yes, hell is for real. And I'll put more scriptures in uh, the uh, uh, title and in, in the uh, um, sermon notes as, we, as I try to do with each of these uh, lessons going forward. But as you begin to study about hell, no, hell is for real. It's reserved for Satan and his angels. Not for any person that's on the earth that has been, is, and shall be. But it's reserved for those who reject Christ and when they get there, Isaiah 14 says, they're going to look upon Satan and say, is this the man that caused me to miss out on love? But I say to you again, as Jesus said in 1128 of St. Matthew, come unto me, all ye that labor in the heavy labor, I'll give, you, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. 30th verse says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, we thank you for this brief study today. I pray that people would open their hearts to receive your son, my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Though hell is for real, it's reserved for Satan and his angels. But you have made a call for us, and I pray they would hear you today. And I make this simple prayer for all those who would like to receive Christ. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart. Thank you for giving me for my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising on the third day. This day, I am become part of the family of God. Go into a place reserved in heaven for me. And I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen.